we look at ancient hieroglyphics and we're like, how did they use symbols? And then, you know, I send an eggplant and everyone knows what the fuck that means. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like so it's funny to me that we're like, you know, they can tell stories through images yet. So can I. Yeah. And it's like yeah. you know, in a thousand years, they may look back and go, what the fuck is that? Hip hop hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up, man? Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm really excited about this one. I'm with and joined by the great Donny Arcade. And if you haven't checked him out, you're definitely missing out. He just released a project, his most recent one, Return of the Th- of Thought. Um, it is a banger of a project, and I mean banger. It starts with Thought. It's an intro track, but it goes absolutely hard and guaranteed you're going to find tracks. I've been liking like three or four tracks on there already. I've saved to my playlist. So definitely make sure you check it out. And, you know, you're in the in not only in the hip-hop culture, but you're also – make you know films and you do design things you're like multi-talented man you're you're more than just like you know quote unquote an artist you actually do a lot when it comes to the industry and you know i think you did a music video for the most recent uh joel ortiz king crooked project as well the you got the meta video so man absolute pleasure to have you on the show Hey, a true honor, man. Thank you, Aaron. Much love. And, man, and thank you to all your listeners having me having me on here, man. Uh, but, yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Well, I mean, like, it's, it's weird because, like, I always wonder for people like you, being an artist is hard enough, right? It's like that it's a full-time job to be an artist as a rapper. But, like, to add so many more elements to what you do, how do you find the time? How did you start going, you know what, let's diversify what I'm actually doing? Well, it, it all comes from looking for these things. So, you know, you know how it is being an artist. You you, you got to get your artist pack. You got to get your videos done. You got to get your songs mixed down. You got to get the cover done. So all these things needed to be done, you know. So in most cases, um. In, in the quest of looking for people to do these things, I would end up doing it myself. So pretty much that's how I got into the animation. You know, I really tried to um, reach out to a few people, I would say maybe about eight, nine years ago and get some animation. But um, when they hit me with the price, about $5,000 as an estimate, <laughs> I went to the good school of YouTube and, you know, just start playing around and learning it myself and really got into it. You know, and that's the main thing. Um, I really, really uh, dedicated. You know, I got so many notes. I wake up in the middle of the night and um, do have breakthroughs. And, and in that world, it's no particular instruction manual. It's no particular one way. It's a million ways to do the same thing. So you got to kind of uh, just figure out, man. But yeah, that's how I kind of got into everything. It started with Photoshop. It started doing covers. And then from there, I went on to the music videos, doing editing. So I learned video editing, then I did photography, and then, you know, most recently, uh, animation, production, engineering, record myself, the whole shebang, man. How expensive is the music industry? Because, like, I know we talk about it, and, like, I've talked to artists, and they, you know, we kind of brush over the topic, but, like, you know, when you say it's 5000 to get an animation, you know, what other costs are associated with it? Like, you know, how much is production? How much is, like to actually get a track out there or a project out there costing, you know, on average from your experience? Well, honestly, it's not that much now. It's, 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 we, we made it to the point where the real currency for this is your time and ability to learn something else. Now, if you're the kind of person that just want to rap and don't want to learn nothing else, then yeah, it's going to be very expensive to learn how to market yourself. Cause I don't pay for those kind of things. I just sit back and think of cool videos, you know, ways to engage with my fans. But uh, but it's really not as much as the days when you really had to press up CDs and physical copies of things. You really had to get on a bus, train, whatever, to go meet people and talk to people. So now you can literally reach out to anybody. You can upload and distribute without the label straight to so I think right now it is 
cheaper, you know, I mean, a lot cheaper, but at the same token, um, you got to pay with your energy. And a lot of people don't want to be on the internet or post and do these kind of things. So some artists will end up in a limbo of trying to figure out how to attain these things, thinking it is expensive. And then there's people out there that want to charge you expensive prices to do it. But if you really can do it yourself and go to YouTube and learn the stuff, then it's not that it's not that bad. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, the the cost of your time. Like it's all opportunity cost. You know, how much are you willing to put in to really learn your craft and learn the craft as in learn the business, learn everything else. Like, you know, like you said, now you can produce your own things from, you know, a computer versus back in the day you couldn't do that. But at the same time, if you're writing your own tracks, you're producing your own tracks, you're animating on your marketing and you're on, you know, it, it starts to take up like every minute of your day. It does. It, it takes a lot of time and I can understand it. You know, I'm just the kind of person, I'm more of a um, a bookworm. So, you know, my entertainment is studying. So I'm into it. So naturally all day I'm just learning and studying stuff. I go from knowledge to tutorials to even what's coming new, because even with this digital world, animation, all this kind of stuff, it's changing every day. I mean, you know, like, Every day, every day is new technology to make your job easier. So I'm always into that. Naturally, that's what I'm into. But uh, but I can understand for somebody that's not into that, then, yeah, it would be a lot harder. So I can really only speak for me, but uh, because I do everything. So, you know, I really haven't had to buy covers or, you know, have people do these kind of things for me. So in the sense of actually getting the music out, yeah, it's pretty cheap. But But, yeah. Well, how do you feel about the metaverse and the whole, cause like now, like there's the, the real change in like the way we look at tech in general, like, you know, we've got NFTs, we've got so much that's, you know, really evolving and evolving quickly, but how do you view it all in terms of where society is going and you know, what you can do with it all? Like, do you have a view on that? Yeah. Yeah. I just think we're, we're just advancing. Sometimes, you know, people don't like advancements, you know, you can think about, um, the people in the Renaissance period, you know, when people started getting records, I mean, you know, finally, you know, when they saw the change over to, you know, strictly analog to digital from cassettes to MP3s, you know, everybody's uncomfortable. People were uncomfortable with the phone itself, you know, or even the Internet. So I think with all these things, um, there's a skepticism. But uh, but, I, you know, I'm optimistic about it. I think we're just going into the future. I'm I'm just you know, kind of appreciative to be incarnated in this particular time. You know, I could have been born in any time period. But I think right now um, we didn't caught up to the future, almost to the point where nothing can um, surprise us. You know, I would say back in the day, we can kind of imagine things that might surprise us futuristically. But right now, I really can't think of nothing that would just blow us away and be like, okay. I mean, because right now we finally got the video phone. Even when we got the video phone, that people didn't even, you know, how long people waited to get the video phone <laughs> or to have a video call. We, we saw that stuff on Star Trek. So, um me, I'm optimistic about it, man. I think it's really cool. I think um, NFTs is a cool thing for artists, especially, um, you know, anybody that's doing art, you know, whether it's 3D art or real, you know, drawn art or painted art, um, is actually putting a value back in the hands of the artist. So I think, you know, in that sense of things, it's cool. Um, I think with everything, we still have to be responsible. Too much of anything is bad for you. So even going into these things, you have to still stay grounded and still do some old school stuff you know it's just like keeping your memory it's okay to even though we got phones that can remember everything it's okay to remember some numbers you can still remember some numbers and keep your mind going and sometimes you can still go back to the old school you can write a letter so some people will get completely submerged into the new world where it's uh, you know, it's all digital and everything. And then some people will look at it for what it is as a tool to reach more people and to um, experience more of the future reality. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're definitely right when it comes to like, there's a balancing act. And like, I don't know about you, but like, I have my phone on me 24 seven. I know exactly where that thing is. Like I'm 100% addicted to it. And I think I'm definitely not the only one. Like when you're bored, first thing you do on the phone, like I was on the train the other day and it's like, you know, you can't go on the train without listening to music. You can't go on the train without, you know, being on your phone. Like it's almost like we've forgotten 
how to be in our own thoughts. I think that's the challenge that we all have now is like, how do I do something and just like be okay with just yeah. what's happening around me rather than having a distraction? Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta, you know, just look at it for what it is. Don't get too caught up in it. You know, I see a lot of people get too caught up in uh, social media where they just take it so serious. And I can only imagine once it's snatched from them, you know, how people will react, you know, but me personally, Hey, I'm going to enjoy it while it's here. But I still know the real, you know, I still I'm still not caught up into the, you know, the fake world. It's like it's still a real, real world. It's real products. Um, sometimes you can cut the phone off and listen to music and something else, you know, and that's what I try to do sometimes. Maybe, you know, I got like an old school record player. Sometimes, you know, I, I might play something on there just to get a feeling of detaching from the phone because me as well all, a lot of my content do come from the phone you know i'm on youtube all my tutorials documentaries so a lot of the but sometimes you got to put the phone down go for a walk connect with your people and um and connect with people in real life outside of social media yeah i agree i think that's the the big difference is like you know it always drives me nuts when i speak to people or where you're when you're at a social engagement and then they're on their phone and it's like yeah. Man, life's in front of you. Like they can yeah. wait ten seconds yeah. before you text them. Yeah, you so. got people sitting right next to each other texting each other. It's like, hey, <laughs> just turn around and talk to them, you know. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it like at, at cafes and like restaurants, and you like see like there's a couple and they just look down, they're just texting, and you're like, Do yeah, they talk to each other, like you know. Otherwise, what's the point? You could be by you should you, you might as well be by yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely an ultimate distraction, you know, and I think that's the worst part about it. You know, you have to you just got to put it down. You know, me personally, I have different zones in my house where I won't take my phone. You know, I, I might have my phone when I'm in my office and my studio doing things. But when I go sit in my living room, I don't need my phone. I'm going in the living room to sit in the living room, watch TV or whatever the case may be, escape from the phone. So my phone don't have to go in every room. You know, a lot of times I eat my dinner without the phone. I go sit and really enjoy my meal without the phone and just enjoy. But I mean, that's everybody to learn. And maybe we're just going through a period of, you know, we, we have to go through these things to learn. You know, I, I want to say a lot of this stuff is new. And um, sometimes it's hard to get around it because I, I see a lot of people that want to, wanted to actually, especially like older people that actually wanted to go without the phone and never get a phone. And now I finally see like, my grandmother and people on Facebook. And it, to me, it's kind of funny when I see it because I'm just like, wow, you know, can nobody escape this beast, you know? Yeah, I really think it's like the new evolution of humans. It's like we're yeah. becoming integrated with tech. Like we're just becoming, you know, I think it'll be a part of us at some point, like, you know, where we just wear, like we wear, you know, iPhones or like, you know, iWatches. Like it's literally on us 24-7. Yeah. So I think there'll be a point where it's like, it really is a part of who we are. And, you know, it's weird because we haven't evolved to be ready for it mentally, but tech has gone yeah. so quickly that like, we just, that's why I think our people were kind of like still got monkey brains in a way. And it's like, we're obsessed with it because it like hits the endorphins and what you do, man, I think that's some good advice of like, you know, just separate yourself, you know, have your time, have your moments where you're not, surrounded by your phone and you can just enjoy something for what it is yeah absolutely it's, it's definitely one of those things you know and maybe we're just going in a direction that has to go i mean sometimes we can come up with these perfect scenarios or how things should be or how things you know but you know i think evolution has its own way of manifesting what it want to see and um and i guess we're just going through this phase because eventually we will be away from holding phones and just like you said we'll be integrated so this is a, probably a necessary process to go through the ev evolution or whatever you know this is going to be but um yeah sometimes i try to look outside the box and, and, and try to look at things outside of a human way and try to look at things in a way as if something outside of us is making this happen and be like no y'all need to go through this y'all need to learn this stuff we need to get away from you know, it's like even with emojis, um, to me, that's almost like taking it back to hieroglyphics, where a lot of us, we know what these emojis mean now. These is getting, you know, communication is becoming a little bit more different than what we can imagine. Yeah, 
You know, that's such an interesting point. I thought that as well, that like we look at ancient hieroglyphics and we're like, how did they use symbols? And then, you know, I send an eggplant and everyone knows what the fuck that means. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like so it's funny yeah. to me that we're like, you know, they can tell stories through images, yet so can I. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you know, in a thousand years, they may look back and go, what the fuck is that? Like, yeah, exactly. Is- we, you know, what we our meaning of what it was is totally different. It's like the game of telephone. By the time it gets to the future, it's like, okay, what what what, what does this mean? You know, what, what what does it all mean? Well, I think we're just communicating so differently. Like, you know, like literally, you can send a message in pictures. You know, memes is something. You know, I I I saw the other day that you know they study memes in universities. It's like a new form of technology. It's like you know, how do memes influence, you know, the social landscape of what we do, TikTok and shit like that. Like it is completely crazy. Like yeah. I can't even imagine, like I'm only 28 and I remember as a kid, like thinking about, you know, what the future would look like. And we've got cars like Tesla, those cars are like, it's they, everything we're doing is, I couldn't have imagined 20 years ago. We're literally living in the future. Yeah, I know. But so imagine that thought process. But now I feel like people that's living now is so much technology. We're no longer surprised by technology. You know, I really think it would take something really cutting edge to be like, oh, okay, I never seen that. I never imagined this before to to find something that you can't imagine. I I can't even think of nothing I can't imagine. I've seen it all in movies. I've seen all the examples of you know, of everything, every possibility. And we know it's on the way. I think AI is the next thing that like AI in our house. I think that's going to happen at some point. Like I remember iRobot watching the Will Smith movie and just being like, you know, the laws of robotics and just like, can't even like, I can imagine it, but I can't see it in our lifetime. And now I'm like, yeah, I can see it maybe in the next 20 years, just with the way we're going. Yeah, I mean, even sooner than that, we're we're already associated with AI almost every day. You know, even spell check, that's AI. You know, all these different things, we're so used to it. Google, I mean, you know, to me, that's just a different version of AI without the body, without the voice. So a lot of these things are here to assist, you know, what is AI purpose is to, you know, assist and, you know, help or give us information or take over. <laughs> so a lot of these things I think are miniature versions of it. So that's why sometimes I really feel like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just imagine like alien technology actually um, giving this piece by piece. And same thing they do with the phones. When you get that phone, we could have had whatever phone came out this year, probably 15 years ago. But they said, you know what? We're going to give you a new feature every year instead of a new phone. This same phone existed. So every little piece is just getting our minds used to it. These babies now, these babies, they know these tablets. They know how to use them. I mean, so you by the time AI come around, it's going to be so normal. You know, it's just going to finally get the body at that point. Yeah. It's interesting. And I mean, all different things that, you know, people smarter than me think about. And I, I think we'll all accept it at some point. Some people slower than other others. But something I wanted to talk to you about was like, I can see, are you into the sci-fi genre? Because I, I saw you've got, you know, a track about Star Wars. You've got Black Panther. You've got, yeah. like, you mentioned Star Trek already. Like, do you have like do you find those things capture your attention and your imagination? Absolutely. I love sci-fi. That might be my favorite genre, you know, more, more so more now, you know, I I grew up more horror, but now, you know, I still love horror. I'm still, you know, I love all genres, but sci-fi is definitely, um, you know, it's just intriguing, especially, especially now to be able to see sci-fi movies in this age. Yeah, did I read? Because I did I read you were in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Maybe I read this wrong, but like I saw there's a credit to Donny Arcade in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I was in there. I was actually in the movie. I was one of the Ravagers. How was that experience? I mean, you know, I feel like people would love that. Like that's, you know, I look back, I look at it, and I'm like, if I was an actor, I'd love to be in a superhero movie. It, it was amazing. It was mind blowing. Oh. Um, I did it at Pinewood Studios, which is the, the biggest studio in North America. 
Uh, I believe they had one in Asia and one in Europe as well. But um, this is where all the Marvel movies are shot at. Pinewood Studios is maybe about 45 minutes from me. But um, but yeah, you know, I auditioned for it here in Atlanta just to be an extra, you know, thousands of people. And um, and actually I got through that and they actually picked me to come back. And then when I came back, um, they actually thought I could do a different role. So they actually put me in a kind of like almost a competition to be one of the ravagers. So they actually put us like in a little school for like two weeks, training everybody. Um, it was the most beautiful experience. I, you know, I mean, just seeing a real actual movie studio. I, and this thing is the biggest thing you could ever imagine. I mean, you you to, to see a real multi-million dollar production was mind-blowing. But yeah, yeah, I actually went through with it. And, you know, just a few scenes here and there. But um, it was, I want to say it was maybe three or four weeks of shooting the movie. Got to see, I um, met Sylvester Stallone, spent the whole day with that guy. Um, and everybody else in the movie, um, even James Gunn, I met him, you know, just being on the set, um, made, a, made a few friends on the set as well. Um, but yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. So what type of training was it? I'm, I'm definitely going to ask about Sylvester at some point, by the way, <laughs> because like, I love the Rocky movies so much, but, um, how, like, so what training did you go through? Like, what was like the, the test? Well, the test was, you know, so I want to say it was maybe about 30 or 40 of us. And they had to get it down to maybe like 12 people. So the test was um, many different acting tests and different things. You know, they they will have us do these different scenarios of acting and trying to come up with a person. So they had like everybody throw something in the middle of the floor and then another person had to get it. And, and the way they taught you how to act was to actually come up with the whole life behind this person. So even when you're acting, you might just have that script. But in your mind, you will actually come up with what with, that person works at, what they like to drink, what they smoke. Even though that's not a part in the movie, that's not a, a part of the dialogue. But they taught you how to think like that and come up with the whole scenario of this person. So it was stuff like that. And then we will act out some of the scenes. So we actually did. Like even some of the scenes for the movie that involved lots of people, we actually did miniature, miniature versions of them. They had different teams doing them. And then from there, they just got it down to the last few people. And actually, I lucked up to actually get in the movie. And um, but you know, overall, man, you just get just to get to see how they live, man. You know, I was I was almost depressed when it was over with because it was so fun, you know, and uh, just to see how they ate. It was like a whole carnival come up to feed these people. You know, we got to eat with the celebrities, you know, so we really get to see how the A-listers live. And, and you know, people that's in a Marvel movie get to see their lifestyle. But, um, but yeah, it, it was dope. Yeah. I mean, how is it? Because you said multi-million dollar, like, budget like these these are the biggest yeah. movies on the planet oh man i mean you talking and they was talking about ak there before it, it really came out because i was shooting this maybe 16 2016 2015 and i don't think the movie came out to 2018 or so but but yeah the ak cameras they had a, a a pulley system so i mean the the place was so big it was like like almost big like a NFL stadium, but you saw people in the ceiling. So, I mean, you're talking about like maybe a half a mile. I mean, you know, a mile up, half a mile up. You see people in the ceiling controlling these cameras because they have ways to um, pull the cameras all through different ways. And what we did, we we had a few scenes, super dope. I mean, the, the scenes were so dope, but uh, we did one scene that was a forest scene. So you saw the operation of um, how they had construction workers in there. So every day we came back, the trees were different. I mean, this is a whole forest, but they had a whole setup where they can actually cut the trees and move trees around because they want the forest to look like a different part of the forest. So when we had come back, the whole setup would be different. So they're working all night. I mean, you see actual, it's like they're building houses and everything in there. And um, we did one scene, um, it was like a frozen, the, you know, if you, if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, you'll see the one scene where they got the, um, like the robot strippers and, and all that kind of stuff going on. It's like, it looked like it's all snowed over. But yeah, man, next level, next level, all the way around. <laughs> I don't think it could get no better than that. And just to see how James Gunn as a director, you know, that was like my biggest inspiration to see all these people working for his idea. So just to see, you know, a movie he wrote 
and came up with, but at the same token, you got, I mean, thousands of people in there making your ideas come together. You know, and you get to check off on everything. But everybody was super cool. Everybody, I ain't really talked to Stallone too much, but, you know, I just hung out with him and shook his hand and, you know, let him know I was a fan. And he was super cool, super humble and laid back. Um, but, yeah, all the way around, man, next level. Does it make you want to go, like, could you see yourself being an actor full time? I could. Yeah, I could see it, you know, but sometimes I, I feel like I would have to do it myself. Um, but yeah, I could see it. I would love to be in somebody's, uh, you know, somebody put me in something. I would love to do it. But at the same token, I would love to be James Gunn because I saw that that looked a little bit more intriguing to me. I could be an actor. I could do all that. But at the same token, just to be um, to create the movie and then um, have all these people come in and then you can cut it how you want to move this person over here, move the mountain over there, move this building. Yeah. You know, that's, to me, it's, that's the ultimate, for real. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that someone can even do that job because, like, you know, how much money, how many staff, how many intricate things that they have to be across in order for a movie like that to be made. And you kind of realize that, like, the directors are the stars of the show. Without the director, like, in, in terms of the, that world, like, they won't get the same recognition in terms of, like, publicly – but like to the studio, the director is the king because without that person, it's all fucked. Yeah, yeah. And there's still a lot of people that, you know, it it's not just him. And it's a lot of people because I, I just saw the 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 level of detail, even with the uh the casting. All right. And I went here and they did the casting right here, and pretty much they kind of cast all the same people right here in Atlanta um for the Marvel movies, but the people that did the costume, I think everybody were their own superstar too as well and were treated as well. And, it, and even James Gunn, he had, he had some help as well. He had like a, a small little tight crew with him and, and it really wasn't him really that was doing He was just kind of observing and telling them what he wanted. But at the same token, it was these other people that was kind of like doing a, the real directing and doing all the other stuff. So, yeah. you know, He's like the president. He doesn't yeah, do all the work yeah. himself. He's just like the guy in charge or the woman yep. in charge. And then they've got their staff and they got to make sure the staff is doing the right things. And like, yeah, but it's like the, yeah. the buck stops with, with the director. Yeah. Because you got to let people do their job at the same token, even though he might wrote the movie and directed the movie, but he's not skilled in cinematography. He might not be skilled in editing. So at the same token, you can, you, you got to trust these people and you got to let these people do what they do best at the same token. You can like give your opinion here and there, but, and I think that's the, that's the part of being a good director and a good team player in any situation you, you can leave, but at the same token, you got to learn how to listen, be a student. And that, and that's the main thing with me is um, being a student, being a student. I'm, I'm forever a student. I'm, I'm never, um, you know, I, I think a, a glass empty can always be full. You can't fill a full glass. So sometimes, you know, people get to the point where they stop learning and they stop on uh, or they're just too mature. So I love to stay childlike and I love to stay excited about stuff. And at the same token, in that process, you will humble yourself and let other people do what they do best. And everybody work together. There's really no leader. It's just uh, just everybody working together. Really. Was there, did you see, you know, when, when Sylvester's doing his thing, is it like noticeable, like how different he is in terms of like his persona, in terms of the way he steps up to the plate? Like, did you see that type of thing where you're like, okay, now I understand why you are who you are? Well, I just, I mean, yeah, definitely that. Cause you know, he's a professional and been doing it, but at the same token, I see the human side and I see the, the possible side, because I've been doing my little thing for a while and I've been into movies for a while. So I know that, you know, half of it is just being brave enough to do it. So I, and that's where your real, that's what make him Sylvester Stallone because um, in those situations, he can be humble and listen to the director and, and, and redo stuff or, or, the, or at the same token, be a leader. So um, I saw that in him. I saw the humbleness. I really, I really just saw the, I didn't see him, you know, really just trying to take over. I saw him listening and taking notes and redoing stuff 
And um, and I think that's the best part about being, uh, you know, good at what you do is being able to learn for real. It's funny because I've heard stories of like when people like him, like Robert De Niro goes on set and he performs. Sometimes yeah. if you're not like a full-time actor, you, you watch him perform and you're like, oh my God, that was amazing. And you forget what you were oh, supposed yeah. to say because like <laughs> you just see them like transform yeah. and they really deliver it. And you're yeah, like, hold yeah. on, we're going to have to do that again because like I was too busy enjoying his performance and I'm in the scene. Yeah, yeah. especially De Niro. I mean, you know, nothing. De Niro is a um, a different kind of actor to me because he has mastered those facial expressions. He, and that's what sells it. I, I was just watching Goodfellas the other day. I watched Casino just to go back. And I love Robert De Niro as an actor. He's he definitely one of my top five. But um, but yeah, I, I think everybody got their own style. And I think um, even with Stallone, you know, he has his style of what he do best. And um, you don't see him play too many different, you know, personas. It's kind of like, and that's what make him a dope actor because he's working on his vessel and staying in shape and being this different kind of vessel that um, De Niro couldn't do. You know, De Niro, you know, couldn't do what Stallone do and Stallone couldn't do what De Niro do. So, yeah. Well, the thing about what I love about Sylvester is like there's the, the story of like how he made Rocky and it's like he wrote Rocky and he wanted to sell the script with him attached as the lead and no one wanted to have him because they were like, we're not going to understand you. You're going to butcher it, but the script is dope. So And he just refused. And he made Rocky on zero budget on just, you know, the camera is not the best camera and he won best actor for Rocky and he believed in himself enough yeah. to be like, it doesn't matter. And he was broke. He he had no heating on. It was dead of winter. Like he just was so committed to, I know my vision. I know what I can bring and I refuse to take anything less and look at him now. I bet yeah. both studios would have wished they had the opportunity to, to attach him to that movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that that was somebody with a vision. He he saw the vision and he knew he had to, he couldn't nobody else be Rocky but him. When he wrote it, he wrote it for himself. Like, no, this is me. This is this is me. <laughs> How can I give this to somebody else when I wrote it for me? And um, and at the same token, I think um he should have had more movies because uh, he was such a you know, for him to put that together, come on. He, he should have had a lot more movies, you know, that was just strictly directed by him because I would love to see more of them, you know, that's on that level. But um, I mean, you can see what he did with Creed as well. Super dope. I and love it. Rambo, which also. Oh, what? Okay, okay. I didn't know he did Rambo. Wow. I don't know if he directed Rambo, but obviously he starred in Rambo. And they're, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. and they're like classics, like especially those, the first one, First Blood, like just such oh, a good movie. Yeah. Those are the kind of movies, once you start them, you can't stop them. Like, all the, all the Rockies, all the Rambos, classic. I mean, you know, you just, once you start it, you got you to gotta go through with it, you know. Do you have a favorite Rocky? I love the Rocky. My favorite Rocky is when, when, when you got to see him rich, when they had the robot. You remember they had the robot in there? And um, I think that's Rocky. Is that Rocky 4 or Rocky 3? Because I, I know. Yeah, I want to say 4 or 5. You know, it's definitely not 3, it's, but it's like 4 or 5. But it, it was so fly to see. I want to say, is that the one when he fought Tommy Gunn? I want to say, yeah, I, that's when he fought. Yeah, because he, he fought the guy he trained. Remember? Because I know, I think. Because I know there's the one where number four is my personal favorite with Apollo Creed and he fights the Russian dude. And then Apollo, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm going to ruin it right now. So yeah, skip, right skip like it's it's like 30 years old. So like, you know, the time yeah. of the statute of limitations has passed, but like uh, he kills, <laughs> he kills Apollo in the fight. And then, you know, Rocky comes out of retirement to fight him. Like I think yeah, that that is the best one. You know, keep it real. I mean, that is the best one. You know, that's the come on. You know that that's better than when he fought um Mr. T. Yeah, Thugger. I think it was Thugger yeah. Lang in the movie. Yeah, 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 Thugger Lang. You know, but um, uh, but yeah, I love that one. But you know, it was just something about seeing that other one when I when I, when you got to see it, they had the house and the pool. I, I always it was just so modern to see. It's so cool, and I, I loved how the colors looked in that one. But, um, but yeah, all of them classic. I think he actually won worst actor for number five. He actually, 
so funny to me that you win best actor for one and worst actor for number five, and it's in the same series of films. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, but a lot of times, that's why we need, sometimes we need new awards and we need new ways of grading things because um, sometimes when you go back to it, you know, 20 years from now, it's going to be, it may be a whole different story, a whole nother classic, a whole nother rating. And sometimes just at the moment, sometimes it's, people can't appreciate it because it's not three. You can't, you can't, you, you can't get better than three, you know, just on the far as the movie tip, but you can't see the evolution. And that's what I love about Creed is that you get to see the evolution, the next side of the story. And um, it, it's just one big story all the way through for real. Yeah. I like that. It's a new generation that can enjoy, you know, that type of movie because like, you know, as much as we hate to admit it, movies from the seventies are not as easy to watch because you've got to like get in the mindset of understanding what everything was like in the seventies, you know, with what they, what their lives were like. Whereas like when you update it, it's easier to watch, but I tell you what, I hope they never remake movies like, you know, Goodfellas, like Casino, like the Godfather. Or Scarface. Yeah. They cannot be remade because they are that good. Like you can't, you can't remake the original Rocky. That has to stay, but you can, you know, continue the story down the line, but you almost are scared to destroy the legacy of the original movie. Yeah, I just think we need new movies. You know, I really think it's too much remaking. That lets you know what kind of time period we're in with all this technology we we are losing. And, and that's how I feel about a lot of the technology as well. We have so much technology that it's too much for people. It's just like an artist or somebody who makes beats or who engineer. You can think about all the plugins and effects that that's available to put on vocals and stuff. And most people will probably just use the, the same three or four. <laughs> and there's thousands and thousands of plugins. That's how auto-tune was found. Was somebody just said, okay, let me step out the matrix and let me use something different or let me use something different for rap or hip hop music. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I just feel like uh, with all the technology, um, Sometimes it kind of holds us back. You feel like it's hard as an as like a musician these days because you know people will throw their opinion at you like really quickly in terms of what they think about your music, um, and they don't give it the time of day. You know, it's very much like consume it quickly. Here's my original general thoughts, and then they move on to the next project. Well, I mean, that's just what we're in right now. I, I really think everybody has that right to um, choose. I think um, we are all evolving mentally to process things a lot faster, opposed to right now. I mean, because right now we're moving so digital. We're, we're, we're typing and emailing all at the same time, watching something at the same time. We're on social media. We're checking all these things. We remember all these little passwords. So, um, you know, for the most part, you know, that's kind of cool. But I don't know, man. You know, I just think um, people have the right to their opinion. Um, I think, um, yeah, I mean, if you don't like something, you don't like something. It don't take me long to know if I don't like something. Um, that's how I, sometimes if I don't make a beat, I can pick beats real quick because I can listen. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll find a producer and I'll listen to all 200 of his beats quick and I can break it down to the ones that I, you know, because I, I can listen to a few seconds. I don't even need the whole composition because I, I make beats, so sometimes I know exactly what I'm looking for. So, I don't know. I, I I think we all can do better artistically. Like when I when I see the movies from the 80s, I see the artists' music from the 80s. I'm so intrigued on how creative they were, even to the to the rock albums, to the covers, to the you know, I I I love the 80s, you know, for some reason. I, I just love that sound. To me, it was the future of movies. And even I was just looking at some of the, the comedy movies, you know, from the 80s. I'm like, dang, it was so creative. You could look at something like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, you know, to me, that's just so creative that, you know, now people don't think like that. They'll just overthink it or, or it's just not the right frequency of idea. But um, but I, I really think um, now people got to step their game up. People, it might not be good. It just might not be good. Sometimes I love everybody and I can see the good in everybody. But I, at the same token, sometimes I can see the people being in a box and not wanting to be different or not wanting to be creative. Like, yo, man, this is be as creative as you can be. You know, make the titles creative. 
make every title, you know, we shouldn't have no regular titles. And that's what something I, I try to do. I try to make it the most bizarre titles you never heard, you know, and, and that leads me to make the most bizarre song you never heard because I feel like um, we can't step it up. I feel like everybody's safe. I feel like, you know, everybody's safe. I could think of a million things that that that, that will blow people's mind. I got a I got an ocean of ideas. I all I all I have to do is put pull, pull something in there. I got a million album idea concepts that that just hunt me. So it's a lot of times I just be like, oh, you know, you know, sometimes we might think people just don't like something or they're not giving it enough time, but people know. Sometimes we gotta work harder to keep them there and keep their attention. Especially when you look at people that work super hard and look at something like Thriller. Yo, if you see somebody that did Thriller over 25 something years ago, yo, we can work harder. <laughs> we can work harder. They, they didn't even have half what we got right now. We got more than what Walt Disney had right now. We in our phone. We have more than what Stan Lee had in this, you know, when he was trying to come up. So with the technology, all these apps and everything, but it's going to happen. I, I really think it's going to happen and it's going to happen with AI. Once AI start being able to suggest ideas, we, you know, that's going to be the end of man ideas because I think a lot of men, you know, us as human beings, you know, we didn't got burnt out on ideas. And uh, maybe the, the supercomputer would be the last thing we need to make. You think that the part of the challenge is, and you said it, there's nothing you can't imagine anymore you know and i think yeah well i can imagine but it, it ain't nothing that will really blow my mind you know it's like you know i could think of a whole robot planet come up and say what's up you know that wouldn't blow my mind you know what i'm saying you know if i just saw it you know it's like i don't know i just think you know i don't know man but is that maybe, maybe a problem that we've seen so much and that we have exposed so much that there's nothing that can blow our minds anymore that like you know, we'll hear it and we'll appreciate it and we'd love it, but it's like it didn't blow me away. Whereas, you know, you, you mentioned Thriller. Thriller blew people's minds. Yeah. Like it blew everyone's minds. Like he was a, an amazing artist. You know, Madonna did the same thing with her. Music, it blew people's minds. So it's like, is it maybe that because we see too much that it's hard to blow our minds? And so when we consume the music, we're like, it doesn't compare to what was going on then but like our lives are completely different yeah and, and i think the same thing happened to people like mozart you know like we we, we can't you know mozart probably re reached a level musically like yo man he, and we probably still haven't caught up to what he did so i think each generation no matter how advanced to get it's a level of watered down of creation, you know, cause you got more tools. So when you have less tools, you can be more creative. You got less money, you got less technology. You're gonna, you're gonna reach further. But now when you know, you know, you, we, we can almost think of something that can help us do with everything. So even with everything is getting lazy, even production is getting lazy. A lot of people don't even use keyboards no more. <laughs> you know, when I, when I was coming up, we, we actually, I still to this day we play on keyboards and we do different things and now you'll you'll see producers and they don't even have an actual keyboard they'll have a computer keyboard but they won't have an actual musical keyboard but um and maybe that's just me you know my perspective I, i'm pretty sure it will be things that blow people's minds but me personally and i think um for anybody you know like and i can always go back to somebody like mozart who reached a level of musically people ain't been able to catch up with. He understood notes and the, the arpeggios and all these different things on a different level, on a mathematical level, level rather than I'm trying to do it level. He just knew it mathematically where it's like, okay, we, it's hard for us to understand. Well, do you think that, especially in hip hop, like understanding music theory is something that not many people know about? Like I, I look and I, and you know, there's studying music and being an artist are two different things and understanding all, and I don't understand those things. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and go, everyone needs to know it. I just consume it and talk about it. But like, do you think that that is what he's missing is understanding of music theory and understanding of, you know, the mathematics and the science of like what sounds do so that we can reach the next level? 
Well, people gonna understand it, and, and I, I don't even think that's the case. It's just a level of imagination. And I think that's what made the greats great because they had less so they can imagine more. So they're going to understand. We might understand it more because now we have the tools and the technology to give us the theory. We have, oh, okay, so we don't have to imagine a theory no more. And now we have to, we have it given to us. So now it will be our job to imagine something past the theory based on what we got. You know, I'm pretty sure Mozart and them already had something that was given to them before the theory of music so it's like oh they use that to go by and they reach and they reach was the music theory so now if we're given music theory and we're giving everything what would be our reach to reach past that and, and i'm and i'm always thinking about that i'm always thinking of reaching past that so even with movies everything is like i could think of movies even when i see movies i see movies in different colors and shapes i see multiple screens for movies i can, i mean the way my mind would think about all these things i i just see so much that ain't being done and um and that's really what it was at with the music because i was doing music and i feel like you know when i was coming up doing music you know it just got to a point where a lot of music that was being created was this uh, a, re a remake of something that was already created or or a song that's already created I, or, or a title. It's like, man, we can make a song about anything. <laughs> it, it could be anything and it could still be good. We don't have to lose the integrity because we yeah, cause we just try it like it's a, some kind of gimmick. But we can honestly put the same energy we would put into a, a club song into a different song or a different title idea. So I'm always looking for the reach. If we can reach, I think we will reach. But I think now we got to the point where everything's given to us. And uh, even like I said, with music, we it, you can see it now. I mean, it's so easy now because I was producing many years ago where you had to do it by ear. You had to figure out the key of the stuff. You had to sample it. You had to keep messing around with it till you got it in key. But now this stuff tells you what key it is. They tell you um, BPM, some of this stuff, put it in the BPM for you automatically. So now that we got all the technology that we tried to fight for or the previous generation tried to fight for, what will be our reach past that? This was already given to us. We already got that. I think that maybe it's because we're, you know, I look at movie studios and they're looking at selling movies. They're not necessarily looking at making the best movies. And I think there is a difference between selling and making the best thing you can possibly make. And I think that is a, I think that's a big difference in like what people's objectives are. Like, do you actually want to push yourself to the point where like, you know, you may not get the notoriety for a long time. Like I look at someone like um, Van Gogh, he made zero money while he was alive and it took generations after to recognize the talent, the genius behind what he did. So do you want to make money or do you want to be the best? And sometimes they're interlinked and they're the same, but sometimes they're not. And I see the difference in terms of the movies that get put out. I can see this is one catered to just like sit there. It's, basic comedy, basic action movie. It's got some superstars that you recognize and you just watch it and you don't get anything for it. And then, you know, we just sit and it doesn't develop the craft. Yeah. I, I think we all want to be successful. I know I want to be successful, you know, but at the same token, you know, it's not just doing that movie. You got to put, you, you got to be good at what you do. If you make hats, I expect you to be good at making hats. If you, if you say you're, this and that, you know, and, and, and sometimes people are just doing the best they can do. I'm being honest with you. Like, I mean, sometimes um, I will want these things and I will expect these things, but you have to consider yourself lucky if you can see something that other people can't see. And it's just that they can't see it or or they don't have the ability to, to stand up for it or they don't believe in it enough to say, no, nah, man, we, we we can give it another try. Let's do this takeover. Let's um. Let's re-edit this film. Let's 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 put some more time on it. And sometimes people are just all people are human, and I understand it. And it's not for everybody to be a superhero. It's not for everybody to be the best. And I understand that. You know, I just think um, if it's really on your heart to be the best, and you was really in your, it would be a shame for you not to do it for the ones that know better. Because sometimes we can't treat 
everybody like they know better or they know or they, you know or they thought they we might th thought they just did it for the money they probably I honestly thought it was a good movie <laughs> you know but um but no nah, I just I, me personally I want to do my job I want to do my job and I really um I do want to be successful I want to make money because uh money doesn't mean nothing to me money just means if I got my time if and I ain't got a if I can if I had everything I need money would mean nothing you know, but but it's things I need, and I and I, I got to use my time, which is the real money, for other things. Then yeah, I would need money to eventually get to the point where I can use my time to do what I want to do, and that's what money would mean to me is just to have my, you know, to have my time to be like, okay, Dad, I don't have to do this, or I don't have to sacrifice this, but um, but at the same token, anything I touch will be putting my heart into it, and it will be to give them something dope. And I think that's what how the universe will get pay you back. I would rather get paid that way for for some good work than to get paid to just do some work just for money, you know. So that's my personal opinion on how I will handle it. But um, you know, no, everybody different, you know. Well, I gotta say, I was I was, you know, I didn't know what to expect when I listened to Return of the Thought, and I was pleasantly surprised the beat selection honestly lyrically it was it's such a good project um have you got a lot of have you got a lot of you know people saying it's really good like how has been how has the return been from you know fans and from you know the world once you put it out oh it's so much love it's honestly i you know i'm just humble because i come from I come from not getting any plays. I come from, you know, not having any fans. So, you know, I, I'm truly appreciative of that. That's why I put out so much music because it's a relationship between me and the fans of just wanting to give them something, you know, and it ain't about the money. It ain't making the most money off music, you know, but at the same token, um, the, the response is good. It is a good response because um, all over and it's, you know, people it'd be people in different countries, um, different cities and states. You know, everybody's showing love. They send me videos and um, and then getting the love from your peers. You know, your other your other friends that's in the game, and uh, that mean a lot, especially the MCs, just to get the love from the other MCs and get the love from um everybody. But honestly, it is love, and I truly appreciate everybody that that rock with the music and and it, and it's gonna be so much more. I really I really think I. I haven't even gave them what I really, you know, what I can really do. I, I think everything up to this point was, you know, it was cool. It was kind of like uh, the first chapter, but the next chapter about to be something serious. Well, I think we we can't wait. And I'll give you definitely an opportunity to, to kind of give us a, a tease at the end. But like, I want to talk about, there's a track on there. It's called Gold Rush. And it's yeah. like, it's an older beat. You know, it's not really trappy. And I actually, you know, perked my ear up because it was like a beat that I recognized from a different track that I'd heard. And I think it was like 10 years ago by Jedi Mind Tricks. Like, how did you, did you find that beat? Did you, like, did it just click with you? Like, what was, what was the story behind that? Yeah, it was just a vibe, man. Uh, just, you know, I just... I heard the beat, man. I heard the sample. I didn't make that beat. A different producer made that beat. But I work with many producers, many online producers, personal producers I work with, Gorilla Tech and a few others. But, um, but yeah, I just heard the beat and vibed out, man. Like, my process is um, it's like a download from the universe, man. Sometimes it, it happens fast because I, I don't write it. You know, I really don't write it. I kind of just lock myself in the studio and then... Uh, maybe um, six or seven bars at a time, I, you know, I come up with something and I think of the next few that I'll punch in. But um, so, and then a lot of times I do stuff and then when I wake up the next morning, you know, I'm truly a fan myself because I don't even know what it sounds like. So um, pretty much that was the thing. And um, if that's your process, do you listen to some of your tracks and go, what the fuck was that? That sucks. <laughs> you know what? If you don't, because like it must be a surprise to you. Sometimes it's like the best shit you've ever heard. And then other times you must be like, what did I do yesterday? Hey, man, I, it's, it's just I, I I look at it. I appreciate it. I don't even look at it in a great kind of sense. You know what I'm saying? It's just a, it's a true gift from the universe. I'm being honest with you. A lot of this stuff is gifts. You know, I think ideas bounce around 
all the minds of the universe, but more ideas will come back to the person that take the action. So a lot of times I will act on it fast just because I, I just felt the idea. It was like, you know, um, with Gold Rush, that was just basically, um, I, I pictured people leaving a planet to get gold. And basically that's the kind of like the Nibiru story or whatever the case may be. But um, a lot of these stories, I want to paint a picture of it. So I, I will have a thought of it and just paint a true picture of it and really try to, um, I guess, embody what the story is trying to tell me. Sometimes I feel like the stories are being given to me. Sometimes I make um, songs after different deities and figures and characters. And I feel like everybody is in these different dimensions. You don't want me to make a song for them, too. So I hear, it's like I hear voices and it's kind of like, um, yo, make me a song, make me a song. All right, I'm gonna make you a song, make me a song about this. So I got songs about all the different aliens and deities and uh, and at the same token, it's just making it dope, man. You know, you gotta be dope, man. It gotta have a soul to it. A lot of times um, I don't even look at myself as a rapper. I'm just an artist. Like, I wanna be one of them. I wanna be a James Brown. I wanna be a, Chuck Berry, I want to be a, I want to be a Michael Jackson. I want to be, not them particularly, but it's like Marvel Universe. We're all different characters. So those are their particular characters with their powers. And I got my own power. So that's how I look at it. So um, a lot of times it's just a cool process, man. It just making sure it's slap and making sure it hitting the trump because I'm into the music too as well. It's beyond the words. It's the frequency of it. So a lot of times it's the frequency that's embedded into it, the frequency of my voice, the inflections, the, the tones. So it's, it's beyond words, because if something came from outer space and listened to this stuff, they're not listening to it with the words. They don't know the culture. They don't know the language. So what they're listening to is the tones of it. And I think the tones itself can tell the story. I definitely think that's something in the new era that's done really well is using the voice in a different way. You know, and using yeah. auto-tune and, and figuring out how to like really, it may not be the most lyrical. I've said this before. It's like, you know, sometimes it's not the lyrics that gives the emotion. It's the sound. You know, how many pure instrumentals can you listen to and you can feel sadness purely through the sound? You know, when you, you talked about horror movies, when you watch a horror movie, you get rid of the sound. Like how many times have people like, you got to put the volume down? Because the music elevates the feeling. There's no lyrics in there, but it's like the music actually brings you to a place mentally. And so like that use of our voice is such an impressive skill and get and getting better at it, I think is only good for the culture. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's definitely the future of it. We're going into a zone where we are evolving ourselves. We 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 don't know. I mean, even right now, for us to be able to, we look at all this stuff as like regular. Like even for us to be on the internet, we we look at that as something regular. But it's like on a different planet somewhere, you might have to have special powers to be on the internet. We don't know what it is because we're so used to it, and we just do it, and we can see it, and we can we can use these devices. But these devices might not work for It's kind of like um, we just being a being evolved by something else. So I really feel like that's going to lead into everything. It's going to get to a point where it might be a hit record. That's all telepathic. You think there are aliens out there? I mean, I think it's aliens inside our bodies. Everything is inside everything. We are inside of a big body. So I think um, the separation is based on your scale. Sometimes we're too small to see the big picture. You know, something something living in your body right now. So <laughs> it might be something in your arm that make it up to your shoulder and think it made it out of space. It came, it's not big enough to see the big picture. Even if it had the biggest telescope, that telescope ain't big enough to see the big picture. So, um, yeah, I think aliens is everything. I mean, I, I hate the word aliens because you get a Hollywood vibe from it. But Yeah, like green green kind yeah. of blobs that walk around yeah 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 you know so we haven't even discovered everything on this planet so anything will be alien to us you got stuff that's in different frequencies different 
zones or radio frequencies that, you know, it, just the same radio frequencies. It, it could be people living inside those radio frequencies. So I, I feel like it's um, it's too much. It's, it's nothing but abundance. I mean, it's nothing that you can't go where it's not, it's not a city of stuff. You can go get a tiny piece of dirt somewhere and then look at magnified and it's a whole city moving and grooving inside there. So life is everywhere. I think aliens is everything. I mean, it might not be in a sense of what we think it is, but it could be alien to us. Well, I think that's a good point. And, you know, the, the crazy thing is that you're hundred percent right. We don't have no idea what's on our planet still. Like we've only discovered 5% of the ocean floor, 5%. Yeah. Like yeah. what the hell else is down there? We, we don't even it's have the technology to go down that deep because the pressure is too hard. Like, it's too much. It's, it's just too much. I mean, that should just let you know it's stuff everywhere. It's, it's, and it don't have to look like us. It don't even have to be in our our frequency. It could be something that's totally in a whole different angle of life that we don't even we couldn't physically cross paths with them because it's, it's a different view. We walk this way and they walk diagonally in a whole different way, but. Well, yeah, man. I, I think it's something for everybody. I think, um, I think almost everybody can almost feel like that by now. I think it, back in the day, maybe um, people who couldn't imagine it, but by now, we've been mo- we've been groomed all the way around, technology-wise, information-wise. So when these things happen, we, and, and I think this has been done on purpose because by the time we do finally see an alien, it's going we're going it's going to be so accepted and cool, it won't even be a thing. You know which movie did Aliens really well? Arrival. They that classic. That did such a good job because it was like, you know, it, yeah. it got rid of the you know the blobs and it made like you know sophisticated aliens. Are like I thought that was such a good way to do it. Yeah, and you saw they their level of life. They they lived a whole t- another way when they got inside the the ship. They was upside down. They had to go upside down to walk on the ship. Yeah. So when they so when they looking at these aliens, they're pretty much upside down. But you know, but it's bugged out. It's mind blowing. Yeah, I love it. I mean that that type of stuff blows my mind. Where I'm like, damn, like that is such a cool way to show that. Like I love when people take risks that way and be like, you know what, we're gonna move away from the archetype. We're gonna move away from what everyone expects an alien to look like, and we're just gonna go completely different. Like. That shit's the best. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the way they communicated, the little hands and everything, uh, the rival was dope. I loved it. Well, man, I only have one more question for you because I feel like we could talk forever, but I'm going to bring it back before we obviously talk about your future plans. But, like, if you had to recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once, can be any genre, cannot be your own music, what would it be? East 99, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Because that was, that was what got you to fall in love with music. Is that right? Well, I'm just, I'm just from Cleveland. So I'm just, I got to represent for the hometown and, and for hip hop as well. But, um, but yeah, to me, that was a magical album. You, you might need to check it out again. That's what really made Bone Thugs, Bone Thugs. But um, that's the, um, it's the second album. Yeah. There you go. Bone Thugs and Harmony. You know, there's, I always love hearing when artists recommend different albums because it's like you never know what to expect and there's so many dope albums out there. Um, you know, even for me, I haven't listened to. So, like, that's definitely one for me to check out. But as I said, you know, Donny Arcade has come through. He's shared some knowledge. We've talked about literally everything under the sun, literally everything under the sun. But, man, w- what's next for you? What's your... What are your, few, your future plans? You did mention that you're working on your next project. You know, I'm yeah. excited for it to come out. When's the kind of release date in, in mind? Well, actually, yeah, I'm going to, well, so I had to return to uh, thought, but I'm going to do the deluxe album. So the deluxe is going to have three or four extra songs on there. Um, so that's coming like next week. I'm going to drop that on the 15th. So um, everybody can look out for that. But yeah, many more projects. I, I have so much. Um, I might drop two more albums before the year out. Um, I have um, another Divine Versus, Divine Versus, The Book of Spells, 
pretty much already done. It's on the way. And then um, just a few other things. I want to get into the animation a little bit more. I want to actually um, put out a whole full animated uh, movie um, and maybe an NFT movie I'm thinking about. So we'll work with, um, you know, different people to try to get some NFTs and things like that. Done. But yeah, a lot more on the way, man. But um, but this this week coming up, um, you're going to get the deluxe album of Return to Thought. So it's on the way. And so this is obviously live or we're recording this, but for anyone who listens once this the it drops on the podcast, it's already out. So make sure you check it out. And obviously, you know, I was gonna say if you ever need voices, I got a vo- if you ever need an Aussie voice, I got a voice for you. So you can hit me. Well, up. I need you. Yeah, I definitely need that, man. And um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to talk off the air, man. But um, but yeah, hey, I'm gonna hey, I'm gonna put you to work, man. Let's get it. Hey, you know, it's low key. It's always been like a, a kind of dream of mine to be like a voice actor. I don't know what it is. As soon as I started the podcast, it was like, maybe I got a nice, a good voice for it. It's kind of what people tell me. Maybe they're just catering to my ego. Who knows? But like, yeah, as I said, uh, if there's anything you need. I see it, man. You got a vision that, man. And um, the fact that you see it, man, that's where it's at. And um, I definitely uh, need you, man. So yeah, we'll, we'll put something together. The yeah. fact that you want to do it, I want to work with you. Well, you know, I'll be the Aussie feature. You know, we got to represent right. for for people in Australia. But, man, as I said, absolute pleasure. Make sure you check him out. Right. Check him out on Instagram. Make sure you check him out on Spotify. Uh, you've also got your websites. Is it DonnieArcade.com? Yep, that's the website, DonnieArcade.com. And um, it'll be some updates. i got to update the website. But, yep, that's it. But you can catch me on all social media platforms. Donnie Arcade, D-O-N-N-Y-A-R-C-A-D-E. Everything on uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, wherever you listen to music at, man. And um, yeah, man, much love to Australia, much love to the podcast and all your listeners. Um, thank you, bro. Really appreciate you. My pleasure. Anytime. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under Hip Hop Hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.